Welcome back to your favorite soccer podcast. It is Compas FC on the Compas uh, on the Beat Network. I am joined again by JC Cervantes, Eddie Rodriguez. You guys know these guys have been telling you the way it's going to go down uh, since the beginning of the World Cup. Now it is all set. Argentina versus France. Kylian Mbappe, the young up-and-comer against Lionel Messi, who's done it all, seen it all. It's going to be an interesting final, but obviously, how did we get to this point? Uh, but first, let's introduce him. JC, how are you doing today? Uh, could be better, you know, was wishing for a better <laughs> final, but uh, here we are. It's a month, and uh, this is what we got, so uh, let, let's ride. Let's ride. Mad- madness all around. Eddie, how, how about you? How are you feeling after after this crazy month? You know, I'm exhausted. I'll tell you that. Been watching all the games. I just, you know, I've been going all out. You know it. JC knows it. Um, yeah. Ready it's funny. It. Before we get started, uh, Eddie would hit me up and be like, bro, so what's up? Are we going to the bar? And I'm like, well, what time? 545. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even drink. And here I am showing up at a bar at 545 in the morning. And, man, the only day that it was completely packed was at Team USA versus the Netherlands. There, the line was out the door, oh. swung around the corner. Uh, luckily, we were able to go to another bar and, and check it out. But I'm like, dang, I'm like, this is crazy. Not, not, not a guy that doesn't drink and he's going around trying to find a bar. Where's the bar? Where can I find a TV? <laughs> definitely, uh, this has been definitely a, 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 fun, uh, a fun month, even though it wasn't supposed to happen right now. But, hey, who are we to complain? Uh, obviously, uh, JC, I'm going to start with you. Uh, actually, this is wrong. It is. It was tres a cero. Um, Argentina goes and beats um, Croatia. It was a three to zero contest. They advanced to the final. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from from the game uh, between uh, Argentina and Croatia? Sum it up in one word: controversial. Um, you know, it unnecessarily. Honestly, uh, I don't know how it really went about that way. How does somebody deliberately throw a handball in the air and not get a yellow card for it at least? You know, we're just going to kick balls into opposing teams' benches, you know. Uh, a whole the games before, but, you know, here we are. Uh, Argentina, I guess, handled business. Croatia just sat back too much, and now that's our scoreline, 3-0. You know, they, they run out of gas. I don't know. It's just a lot of question marks for the Croatian team I have. Eddie, uh, what was your takeaway from this matchup? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of controversy, but that's just just the refereeing in general. This FIFA World Cup has been questionable at best. Um, I think the PK was kind of soft. Um, a lot of people are arguing about that. I think it was pretty soft. You see Luka Modric after the match, not happy with how the referee was handling the game. I mean, I completely agree with him. Um, I think 3-0 is kind of unfortunate because I thought that Croatia had had moments. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Argentina moving on to the final. Let me ask you, uh, JC, starting – or, Eddie, uh, starting off with you. It seems like Australia complained, the Netherlands complained, and now uh, Croatia complained. Is there – are you noticing a pattern? It's, it feels like every team has kind of com- come out and complained about the way the refereeing has gone in, in the favor, and it's been against one team. Yeah, I mean, let me put my tinfoil hat on and, uh, you know, start the conspiracy theories going. But, uh, no, honestly, I think it's just it's just the quality of the, of the referees. It's, it's in every league, you know, and um, supposedly every country and every every um, nation sending their best. But, honestly, it's 
it's been poor, man. Like I like we used to watch League of Mackies and we always complain about the officiating, and that's what it felt like, you know, like referees were being thrown into games where maybe they shouldn't have. Um, you know, you can go back to uh that Spanish referee, which was the Netherlands, where he threw out 17 yellow cards. Um, again, very questionable. The game completely got out of hand. He could have easily sent off Leo Messi, could have sent off Paredes. He could have sent off a couple players, even from the Netherlands team. Chose not to. Um, then we see this game here, more of the same, where just the referee doesn't have a real grasp of the game. Um, it's unfortunate. You know, that's I think it's just going to stain whoever wins this World Cup, I think. And eventually, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not something that you want to, like, fully focus on fully focused on, but it's definitely something that's been controversial. And I know a lot of people are complaining about it. JC, it also happened on the other, in the other bracket. I mean, it just didn't happen in this one. Portugal complained. Uh, I know Pepe complained about it um, a couple of times for Portugal. Some other teams have complained about it. What, what, what do you, what, what can you put your finger on it? What's going on? Um, it, I, I don't even know where to begin. It just, you know, Eddie hit it right on the nose. We watch a lot of, they got Nike's football. And I mean, it's like, what's the bar there for to begin with? You know, it, it's, that's the whole point of it being implemented to begin with. Uh, it, I feel like it's still not properly being used. Uh, the highlight of refereeing is probably going to be this new offside technology we got now, but uh, you know, that's pretty spot on, I guess, multi-point cameras and all that. It's pretty genius, but it, it, it's not good. Um, I, I don't like, you know, referees staying if their home nations are still, in the final run uh it it you know you can swear up and down you want that you don't care but what's right is right you don't need to have french reps refereeing games and you know so forth uh, it is a reoccurring theme and unfortunately it is going to give a black eye to this world cup a little bit um hopefully it doesn't take over from who wins the cup still holding my breath on france for that one and um you know, it, it just it sucks to see because you wait four years for it. And here we are that we got referees deciding games when it doesn't need to be that way. You need to leave it to the players. And it seems like and Pepe was one of the ones that said this uh, referees Argentinian. Like he mm -hmm. obviously doesn't want us to potentially face uh, Argentina and stuff. So that's that's why it's, I think, created even more controversy. Um, but going going to this uh, going to this matchup. Uh, Eddie, was it a believable 3-0? Like, did you really think, oh, wow, Argentina looks really strong? Or was it one of those where you're like, I, like it could have gone either way if that maybe that penalty isn't called? Like, would you, Luka Madrid said, he thought that penalty was uh, a terrible call. Maybe if that penalty isn't called, it's a different matchup or a different result. Yeah, no, I think it, it could have gone a different way if that penalty is never given. Uh, for me, Croatia has been or has had the best midfield throughout the tournament with a uh, Kovacic, Modric, and uh, Brozovic, um, and arguably the best keeper in the tournament. Um, you know, they were a high-possession team. They, I don't know. I think that the, the game could have definitely gone uh, Croatia's way. Unfortunately, it didn't. Mm, Scoreline's 3-0, you know. But honestly, it's not a believable 3-0, if you know what I'm saying. Do you, did you believe in it, JC, the 3-0? No, not, not at all. No, it, it's one of those scorelines where the it doesn't tell you the story of the game. You know, it's definitely one of those where that, I mean, how do you give a guy two attempts at the goal, you know, to begin with? Uh, the keeper needs to defend his box, and that's just, you know, elementary fundamental of soccer there. Uh, defend your box, you come on and, you know, be a keeper. And he stood still, the guy runs into him, and boom, he gets awarded the pen. You know, and, and it changes the whole game for you. Yeah, I know, and that second goal was just, 
that was a weird one too. But let me ask you guys, uh, going back, and we're only talking about this side of the bracket. We're not talking about the other one. Did the right team uh, make it to the final from from this bracket? In your guys' opinion, uh, did the right team make it to the final, JC? No, not for me. It's still, you know, banking on Brazil going further. You know, Tite hope fortunately choked and bottled that one, but uh, <laughs> it, it, you know that's why he doesn't have a job anymore. But um, you know, definitely I was banking on on Brazil going further and all the way to the final. If it would have been Brazil, Argentina, what do you think happens there? Oh, Brazil still takes it for sure. They they would have outplayed them, outclassed them. Uh, they weren't going to sit back and wait for Argentina to play their game. They were going to come out and play, you know, good old fashioned Joga Bonito like they had been, and, and just you know wipe the floor with them. Eddie, what do you think about uh, did, was the did the correct team make it to the final? I think they were lucky. To be fair. I think, um, you know, Argentina, their opening game against Saudi Arabia, you know, they were exposed. Um, and I think Tata Martino and Mexico really just handed them the game, if we're being completely honest. Um, I did expect them to beat Poland. Um, I didn't think Poland really showed a whole lot, but I thought that Mexico was a lot stronger than Poland. And um, the Saudi Arabia shocked the, the whole world, right? So... Yeah, I think they're lucky that they're that they're here in the final now. Um, I think they could have lost along the way to the Netherlands. Um, I think the Netherlands had all the momentum to put that game away, but again, questionable refereeing, um, Messi not being sent off during you know extra time. Um, yeah, it's, I think they're lucky to be here. If we're being completely honest, let me ask you guys uh, now. Going over to the Croatian side. You make it to the final, you win the Ballon d'Or, and now you make it to the semifinal. Is Luka Modric, should he be considered, is he an underrated maybe midfield GOAT? Uh, JC, do you feel like maybe he is uh, one of the best midfielders of all time after, uh, he's won at Real Madrid, he's won uh, on the, well, I mean, he hasn't won the, the he didn't win the World Cup, but he damn near made it with a runners team. Up, that man. Yeah, runners up in 2000. 18 almost in this year they're semi-finalists and he's won the Ballon d'Or do you feel like he's underrated oh 100 uh he they don't talk about Luka Modric enough he definitely it's easy to overlook him you know you know he, he might not be the best looking guy and he might not be in all the commercials and all the videos and all that stuff but the guy comes to play and he's been playing since he was at Tottenham and before that you know that's when I first knew about him when he got signed over there and you know, when he makes the transfer over to Real Madrid and just everything he was able to do, there was question marks. Like, can he... You mean when Real Eddie Madrid? told you about Luka Modric? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he had him scattered yeah, when he I was... Mean, uh, absolutely. When, when he was in the training ground six years old. But, um... <laughs> no, but definitely. I mean, I remember when he got signed, it was like, who is this guy? Why, why are they bringing him over to Real Madrid, the biggest, you know, team on earth uh, at the time? Worst and, signing of Real Madrid, according to Fox Sports, worst signing in Real Madrid history. And That's then he's hilarious. just busting the Brady now. Like, he literally is just doing the Brady one more year, one more year, one more go. And he's showing <laughs> up every time. And every single time, it's like he's getting better and better and better. You know, the guy's yeah. an absolute unit. He, he's got lungs for days. And he definitely is underrated. For me, at least, he can make any best starting 11 for sure in the center mid. Uh, Eddie, same question. And then also, did, did he look like one of the best midfielders in the World Cup, even <laughs> with all these young kids coming up and everything? He's still one of the best midfielders in the world, even if he's pushing 37, 38. 
Um, is he underrated? I'll give you that he was underrated in his time at Spurs. I think he was undervalued and underappreciated. But you know who did appreciate him? Jose Mourinho. And that's who brought him over to Real Madrid back in 2011. And everyone laughed at him. And it was like, hey, what are you doing bringing Luka Modric? He's undersized. He doesn't have the technical ability to play at Real Madrid. And what did Mourinho come out and say? Listen, years from now, you guys are going to look back and fall. And you guys are going to say Jose Mourinho was right. He said, you guys are going to fall in love with Luka Modric. He's going to be one of your best players, one of your key players for for years to come. And he was right. And, I mean, I think oh, – I Yeah, I mean, I think – I think what I think is funny is that when Kevin De Bruyne, for example, came out and said that their Belgian team is just too old and they can't run and they can't do this and, and they can't score goals, like Kevin De Bruyne is like four or five years younger than Luka Modric. And Luka Modric runs circles around Kevin. And Remember what Timo Courtois said. Hey, Real Madrid, we have got Tony Kroos, Kareem Benzema, we have Luka Modric, Luka and Modric. we don't have any problems scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. and they don't have no problems yeah. winning titles either. So, you know, it's it's the, it's different mentality. There's different levels to these players. And Kevin De Bruyne is a great player, don't get me wrong. One of the best in the Premier League. He's going to go down as one of the best midfielders ever. But, but he's not at that level of Luka Modric. He's not that. He's not yeah. at that level. <laughs> I completely agree. Now let's move over to the other bracket where France beats Morocco 2-0. And France inv- ad- uh, advances to the finals. If France wins on Sunday, this would be the first repeat since Brazil did it in 56 and 60, if I'm not mistaken. Um Yeah, yeah, 60 years ago. So that would the be Italians. interesting. Um, uh, JC, how did uh, how did Fr- uh, France beat Morocco? Morocco hadn't had only allowed one own goal, and that, I think that was it during the whole tournament. So, uh, how, how did uh, how they were able to do? How were they able to do this? Uh, it was a dream scenario for France. They basically scored on the first clear chance they had. You know, uh, shout out Griezmann. He really like just deep like <laughs> defender. He really deeped him. Like if you just see, it's one simple yeah. body feint. Makes a defender go one way, he goes the other, and then just gets in the wood, gets into open space. He does what he does, and then you know he got it off to Keelan Mbappe, and then, you know there was a wall in front of him. But that finish by Hernandez was just—I I don't even have words for it. It, it was just—it's class. It's almost like makes you feel like the guy's on some Gareth Bale left back playing just the whole left side vibes. <laughs> I think he I, was, I, uh, I think, you know what? I think I got something for you. Oh, let's see. It's ecstasy. This is not just a dream. It's a wet dream of orgasmic proportions. <laughs> oh, Roy. Oh, God, I love it. No, definitely. The guy just honestly runs the left side. And, and, you know, I wasn't anticipating for him to score at all. Like, he wasn't even on my ones to watch list for this game. I just wanted yeah. him to be strong defensively. Pops up, bangs in the goal. Dream start for France. And they just managed the game after that. Everybody, you know, ice in their veins. And just executed. There really wasn't much of a uh, of a panic for them. Even though yeah. Morocco had a few chances, they never, you know, seemed phased, and they just finished. Job not done. One more game. Unfortunately for his brother Lucas, he went down towards ACL. Which you know, it's funny. You rarely see in soccer. I wonder if it's because of the natural glass that they play on, and they don't play on turf as much as NFL players do. Um, so I wonder if maybe that's something that has something to do with it. But uh, but Lucas adds or Lucas is more. He stays back. 
He does his job. He's a stone wall in a sense. And Theo's one of these guys that just comes up. And we saw it at Real Madrid. Sometimes I remember um, Zinedine Zidane or one of the managers would get mad at him because sometimes he, he would come all the way up. He'd be involved. But then tracking back, he wouldn't track back as quickly. It seems like he's learned from it. Now he really – AC Milan, he's been a, a killer all season for AC Milan, I think. That's where he's at, and he tracks back, and he does that all well. So it seems like he's learned and he's grown a lot uh, since that time. But Eddie, uh, what what do you think about him, and what has he added to uh, since Lucas went da- since Lucas went down? What do you think Dale has added uh, to France? Well, it's like you said, I think he's added another dimension to the game. He's another outlet. He's someone that can, you know, ask for the ball from the midfielders and you know create his own space. I think that's the most important thing and alleviate some of that pressure that maybe Mbappe has, you know, when three defenders come and try to cover him. Um, I think he's been great, and he's been he's been doing this for AC Milan now for a couple of years now. And, um, you know, he, he did have his – at first he did have his issues defensively where, like you mentioned, he'll, he'll – he's great offensively, but he had to work on the defensive side of the ball. And I think he's, he's shown a lot this World Cup. Um, I still think that he was somewhat exposed in the England game. Um, I think we saw a couple chances there where, where uh, it could have gone. Yes, he did. Other, you know, he could have yeah. easily, easily give, given up a pen or you know X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, well, but yeah, no, I, mean, I think uh, I think good for him. Good for France. Um, you have a left back for years now. Uh, Eddie, does uh, should the chump? Should he start moving Mbappe around maybe a little bit, uh, not just keeping him on the left side, maybe letting him move around different ways, or is he okay where he's at? Because, I mean, I've seen on social media some people are questioning now Mbappe because he hasn't scored in the last two games, which is actually pretty funny to me uh, because another player just keeps on scoring penalties, and we call another certain player Penaldo, and and, uh, we don't make fun of the other guy for scoring penalties. I think I I read the other day. Eight, uh, 11, eight of Messi's goals in the World Cup have come via penalty, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But uh, but my bad, we're not talking about that. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> do you think they're playing? Do you think Mbappe's okay where he's at right now and the way they're playing him? I think he's fine. I think he's he's creating space for other players. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be the one scoring the goals if you are creating that threat for for your team. So every time he gets the ball, you see how players just gravitate to him. And he's pulling one mark, he's pulling another. And so far, no one's had an answer for him. And um, and I think if Deschamps wants to win this World Cup and go back-to-back, I think you should keep playing the way you're playing. Um, why, why fix it or why change it if it's not broken? Jay-Z? Same. Definitely agree. Um, he's a very mature footballer, especially for his age. Um, and that's the thing about it you know Neymar used to do the same thing uh Cristiano same thing Bale same thing you're gonna get double triple team while you're doing you have to understand mentally you're just creating spaces for your team and you know at this point in the day you're in the World Cup whatever it takes to win and if that means you get double triple teamed and you can't bag a goal but your team still wins a win's a win you know and and you could probably care less about a golden boot trophy although it would look nice and to beat a specific someone out for it is always going to be a feather in your cap for the locker room. But, um, you know, I definitely wouldn't move him. He doesn't need to move. His pace is most and best used on the left wing. And he plays free anyway. Sometimes he's on the left and he pops up in the middle. Then he ends up on the right somehow. Then there's some counterattack and he's just chunking his way up down the other side. And 
he he plays free. You know, his position is left wing, but he he knows what to do there, and he's very mature uh, for his age, and it helps a lot. JC, how impressed are you with France making it to the final? They were on the harder. Bra- I thought they were on the way harder side of the bracket. Uh, they had to. They no Kante, no Pogba, no Kareem Benzema, no. Uh, stop it. No, no, no. There's uh, some don't of the players start. haven't been there. Uh, Rubio uh, had an illness. We don't know if uh, his status going into Sunday. Um, and some of the injuries that they've had, and they're there in the final. I mean, what does that say about uh, France and? And the way they've been able to bounce back, even with all those uh, injuries, uh, you know, the only question mark I had for the French team was, can they get a new holding mid to, you know, really fill in that spot at that high level? And you know, to fill in N'Golo Kante's shoes is a big deal. I mean, you're not just replacing some chip off, you know, some some random guy off the couch. This is the guy. This is the holding mid, the standard. Everybody wants a Kante. So, you know, as long as you – I said it a while back, as long as you can find who can hold your mid, you're going to be fine, and you're going to be looking at a repeat, and they did it, you know. Uh, nothing against Tushmeni or, as I started, um, he showed up and he, he played well and he lived up to the occasion. And it was more or less just a question of maturity for me for him. Uh, Fofana today didn't look too bad either. He was, you know, plays a little different when it comes to the position, but his presence was definitely felt and it was there. But um, I'm not surprised, to be honest. Uh, they did have the tougher side, but it, it's that team is triple stacked. You can make like four teams, three teams out of that team. So they're all starters in this narrative of injured players. It does hit them a little bit, but when you look at the talent pool, it, it doesn't really hit them that hard. You want to see those guys, but it's not something you really, you know, hold against them. Uh, uh, what if it's non-existent? Eddie, same question. I mean, there's something to be said about the squad, right? And there's something to be to be said about the Shams. And um, you have a lot of players in this group that have been there and done that. And I think if we look back at this World Cup, there's definitely been a lot of teams that have that talent, that have that player experience at maybe club level, Champions League level, but not at a World Cup. So you look at this Morocco game, there was times where Morocco looked like they were going to maybe squeak out a goal or two. Um, to be fair to Morocco, they had the the variety of the possession. Uh, but the difference is that a lot of these French players have been at the World Cup, have been at the stage, and were able to take advantage and use that experience to close out the game. Um, Morocco couldn't capitalize. Obviously, this is the first time they've ever reached the uh, the semifinals. And then you saw a, a French team that just needed one more opportunity to to put the game away, and, and they took advantage of it, and that's what happened. If uh, – so from what I what we've been reading, uh, Kareem Benzema could still play on this team if they wanted him back for Sunday's final. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what your opinions are. I, I mean, I wouldn't rock the boat. I guess you're – you're in a good place right now. Benzema hasn't been around the team. He hasn't been there. He's been kind of on, on holiday, uh, getting ready for the back end of Real Madrid season. Uh, neither one of you would bring him back, right? Like, you, you're already you're already where you're at. You're in the final with this team. You don't rock the boat, do you? Why Why wouldn't you want to bring back a Ballon d'Oro winner, a guy that scored 30-plus oh, really? goals, I'm bringing him back. Uh, you, you know, last season? Um, someone you planned with that's going to be there for you at the World Cup. I mean, he's he wasn't Deshaun's plans. So don't get me wrong that there's no place for him on this team. Okay, I do you think, think they that, do it? 
they they bring him back, they don't start him. I think Giroud right now is in his moment, and I don't think you bench Giroud <laughs> to bring on Benzema. But I do think that if it's a tight game, you do bring on Benzema, maybe give him 15 minutes, maybe 20 at most, uh, to try to bag you a goal. JC? As we've seen before, he only needs three minutes for two goals. So uh, <laughs> the man is a masterclass. Honestly, you were banking on him coming in. He just won the Ballon d'Or. It's almost like a, a huge Benzema party because he hasn't really been able to be a part of French national teams for some time because of some things he's done. You know, nothing uh, <laughs> nothing to be said about and he was that. But, uh, and, you know, for the things he's done, uh, of course, with good reason, I would say so. But no. definitely I, I, he deserves to be there, even if it is just to be on the bench if I'm Deschamps. I got him on a plane now. Yeah, I had him on a plane, you know, at 90th minute when the coach blew the whistle. Somebody's on the phone calling somebody over in Spain and, and ordering up the PJs because my man's got to be here to lift that trophy. And he was, you know, one of the guys I was most looking forward to. And to be honest with you, could have easily won the golden boot. And he wouldn't have needed a lot of time to win it either. The way that team was moving and the way he was going to link with Griezmann and Mbappe, Gerard who. Your your record and all that. Stop. Who cares, man? Step Stop. over Benzema, the Palon de Oro show. That would have been uh, that would have been interesting, uh, guys. Before we move on to the other games, the two games left. What did this uh, run mean for Morocco, JC? Or Eddie, yeah, JC. What did this run mean for Morocco? I mean, what, an African team making it to the semifinal. Uh, do you feel like uh, other countries are maybe starting to catch up a little bit to uh, to maybe your the European style? And uh, the South American style and everything, or, or do you feel like maybe this was a a one off? No, not at all. I'm always excited for the uh, next African nation team to blow up in the World Cup because uh, the surprise number one, but it also elevates the level of play. I mean, you now see how many different you know nations playing in European teams. Like there's Senegal players, there's players from Cameroon, and you know all over the country and all over the world. And they did have a few players that you know decided to become. Moroccan for the World Cup and you know it is what it is and they're bringing and elevating football and they're shedding light they share a border with Spain so they're always going to have players that are going to come over just to get that chance to play but they took advantage of it I love to see it they always like those surprises and the, the semifinal opens a lot of doors for you know a lot of kids down there too to, to go ahead and dream you know it's okay to go you know be from Morocco and aspire to be a, a great footballer like Ziyech and all these other guys that you see just kind of, you know, wreaking havoc in the Premier League. And, you know, he even destroyed a Real Madrid on that Ajax team. And he was a big mm -hmm. deal. Uh, so I, I love to see it. I'm Don't remind excited him. for <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to drop that on there. Ten high. But um, for sure. Like he's getting weight from now at and, Chelsea, too. A little bit. Uh, yeah. The Potter guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they got yeah. really neutral. Eddie, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> what, did, what did this run mean for Morocco? Uh, well, for Morocco, it's historic, right? But I think for, like JC said, like all these African teams, I think uh, it goes to show that if they're able to retain their talent, uh, in most cases, they're able to to uh, do good in tournaments. And, um, you know, shout out to Morocco. Shout out to Amrabat, who was arguably one of the best players in the tournament. Um, I know his transfer fee just went from, what, $10 million to maybe we're talking 35 40 now. Um, I think, you know, I just want to throw that out there, speculation. Looks like a Cholo Simeone born and bred player. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's great. <laughs> if he stays. I think it's great for all of Africa. I think it's great for Morocco. And I think it's great for all the neutral fans. 
I don't know if you guys saw Shakira kept on saying like putting out the a tweet like uh, this is like every time Morocco would win, she'd tweet somebody would tweet either she would or somebody else would. Uh, this is for Africa and like uh, her dancing <laughs> and doing all like that music video. I was like, oh my god! I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh, so obviously we can spend as much time on this next topic as you guys want. We can either do five minutes, no minutes. You guys let me know. Croatia versus Morocco for the third place. Uh, team Saturday, December 17th at 7 a.m. No matter who it's playing, I'll still watch it. I want to watch uh, Morocco and Croatia. Why not? Uh, JC, are you excited for this game? What do you think about it? I'm only excited because they're going to hand out a medal, I guess. How excited I am of the color of the medal. You know, bronze, second loser. Uh, not really too concerned about that outcome, but just to see Croatia and Morocco have added the two best condition teams, I guess you could say, after a nice little rest that they get, just have added it, you know, fastest, most athletic and overpowering team is going to win. And, you know, it, I, I'm not too excited about it, but hopefully, you know, another badge for Morocco wouldn't be too bad. Another medal for Modric would be another story. But, um, you know, it's third place. It's uh, real, real quick, Eddie, I'm just going to ask JC. If you're Modric, do you play? Eh, you, you make an appearance. You got to make an appearance. You, you're like the heart and soul of that team. It could possibly be your last and final World Cup. I don't know if he's come out and said it yet, if it will be. He, or he, be. Said, he said he he's going to see in what kind of shape he is for the 2026 <laughs> World Cup. He would, be Brady. he would be 41 years old. Eh, they pep him. Made it, so I don't see why not. Incredible, you know, but um, if he's if he's not saying that this is his last World Cup, then you can expect to see more. He's got uh, Eddie. Any excitement for this game? Uh, I mean, just if it's you know Modric's last World Cup, and to see if Morocco can get this uh, bronze medal. But I'm not a fan of participation trophies, so honestly, like I might skip this game. Um, sorry for all you Croatian and Morocco fans, but I mean, what is this? Why is AYSO soccer? Like we don't give out participation trophies here. So, so I shouldn't even ask who you guys think is going to win the game. I'll go Croatia. I'll go Morocco. There you go. So uh, that's what that's what the guys think. All right, now Sunday, December eighteenth, seven a.m. France and Argentina take the field. This could be the last time Lionel Messi takes the field. Angel Di Maria Ooh. takes the field. Um, Giroud. I think this might be one of the final times that he. He probably takes Maybe. the field. Um, so Maybe. definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Some of the storylines on this, I see it. Well, the way I, the whole world is seeing it is the up and come young up and comer, uh, Kylian Mbappe against. Uh, but I think the kid's already arrived. I think he's here. I don't think he's up and comer. I think he's already here. He's at the big boy table. Yeah, he's uh, here. Facing he's off here. against. Uh, Exactly. You know what? And I was thinking about it. And this kid, le legit, could be in GOAT conversation in the next 10 years. He already has one World Cup. If he picks 100%. up this one, this kid, this kid's, he's, he's something else. Um, but it's going up against Lionel Messi, who a lot of people, I'm not in that. Uh, I'm not in that. Uh, I know. I don't know if you guys are. <laughs> I don't consider him the GOAT. Uh, I'm just yeah. not. Uh, I'm not there. Um I think he's in the table next to the goat's table. I mean, yeah, he's right there, uh, but I, I don't see him as the goat. But uh, definitely should be an interesting matchup. Um, two different styles of play, so 
obviously I'm going to start off with uh, with Eddie. Eddie, what do you what do you make of this matchup? <clears throat> I think what's the most exciting headline, right? Mbappe winning his second and going back to back, and you know, 2026 he can maybe three peat, and you know, El Rey Pele shout out. Um, like you say, he's a, he's here, he's arrived, and I think France is still going to be one of the favorites in 2026, even 2030. Um, or you have Lionel Messi, who after defeat in Brazil against the Germans gets his um gets his World Cup, um, retires from international play, and rides the sunset to Inter Miami. So, you know, which one of the two is the best headline? You know, it's debatable. I'm going to go with Mbappe raising his uh, second World Cup and Deschamps going back-to-back. But the bookmakers think differently. I think they're thinking that Argentina are the favorites to win it. So um, should be a good matchup. Should be a tight game. I don't expect a blowout or anything. But, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens. Uh, JC, what do you think about this matchup? Let's bring it home. Bring it back home, you know. Uh, there's blues all the way, and uh, you know, the only home it was gonna go to was to uh, yeah, France if right. it wasn't gonna go to Brazil, and uh, here we are. Here we are. Um, I'm, I'm excited about it. Argentina, I don't think, have a favorable matchup this time around, and they're not gonna face a team that's gonna sit back and let them do what they want, like all the other teams have done, and that's gonna be the first thing that they're gonna have to they worry about. They, they haven't faced anything like this. They haven't faced anybody that's going to take it to them. The, the Netherlands did it in the last in the last few minutes of the game, and they got they cooked them. Exactly, and that's what I you know that's what and was my biggest frustration. <laughs> they sure did, and that was my biggest frustration that game because it was yeah. a very winnable game for you know the Netherlands. You saw me blowing up the group chat. Game the blueprint, man. Just push yeah. the line. It's not a difficult game when you're Netherlands and you're not gassed. You didn't you know you have all the energy. You've been playing slow football. You you conserve you know a good amount of pragmatic football pragmatic yeah like that it's uh it's winning football right what did he say we can win or we can play pretty you know he can play total football which is what people want him to play or he can play pragmatically and you chose the pragmatic way and that's you know that's correct i think for the pool of players he had so yeah definitely france all the way so obviously and i mean i'm not trying to because i mean argentina they made it they're in the world cup final but I don't think they face anything like Kylian Mbappe at all. Maybe the closest thing was uh, Chucky Lozano in the second game. Oh, and Chucky no. runs out of gas at one point. Kylian Mbappe does not run out of gas at all. Oh, the dude's no. going back and forth, back and forth. He does not uh, stop. And the way Argentina plays – no, well, the reason why I mentioned that, Argentina pushes all their guys up. And they start playing. Well, you've seen it. We've seen it. I saw it last year when Real Madrid played PSG. That's where they messed up in the second game. In the second game, they stopped going to those long passes to to Kylian because Madrid started putting Militao and Carvajal on him, and they weren't letting him uh, go crazy like that. But in this game, I think that's what they're going to end up doing. They're going to end up uh, sending those long passes to Kylian, and he's going to be on a breakaway, maybe one-on-one with an Argentina defender get past them and, and just be one-on-one with the goalie. So I don't, I, I, I just feel like Argentina hasn't faced anything like this. I don't know, Eddie, what you think, but I just don't think they face anything like what Kylian Mbappe is going to bring to them uh, on Sunday. 
Well, it's not just Killian Mbappe. I mean, I don't think they face a player like Griezmann that can open up the play, that can create his own shot, that can, you know. Hey, man, we don't want to get into that, but, you know. Yeah, well, we're screaming that, I think think their midfield is a lot lot better than Argentina's. And I've been saying this the whole tournament that I think a lot of teams' midfield was way better than Argentina's. Um, So, yeah. Too many is going to give them trouble. Absolutely. And I think if you can – Rattle a DePaul. Um, I don't think Fernandez is, has that experience to hold the midfield by himself. Not yet. Um, and they're going to over rely again on Messi and they're just going to swarm him. And yeah, so for sure, for sure. Yeah, no. And I mean, I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not trying to like, I'm, and I'm, yeah, you're right.